Hopkins. Fran McCaffrey. He is fired up to say the least. An attack for Fran McCaffrey. Oh boy. The grit and the effort and the fortitude that they continue to show night in and night out. A lot of things to learn from this, a lot of things we did not do well, but again, a group that just continues to battle and fight and tries to find a way. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Okay, I got to start the show with a PSA, public service announcement. I got to make this very clear. I got to explain myself. Normally, when there's breaking news in sports, sports talk radio hosts, we drop everything and we talk about it. Okay, and I feel like 99% of the time I do just that. If something happens, I have no problem throwing the show rundown to the side. Some hosts, they're too beholden to the rundown. The rundown is everything. No, 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 no. The rundown is a suggestion. It's a starting point. The show goes where the show goes. If Eric on a 90 calls in and gives us something juicy to talk about, I'm going to take it. Some hosts are, are too stuck to the rundown. I'm not stuck to the rundown. Today, I might be a little stuck to the rundown. <laughs> Here's why. About an hour ago, nay, 45 minutes ago, the Brewers made a trade. They traded Asteri Ruiz for a couple different things. Multi-team trade, lots of major minor leaguers coming in. They got a couple of arms, plus William Contreras, because one Contreras in this godforsaken division is not enough. They got William Contreras through 2027, plus a minor league reliever and a major league reliever. This is a good deal. However, I cannot begin tonight's show by talking about this trade because at this moment in my life, I'm so predisposed to just dump on whatever the Brewers do that I cannot in good faith discuss this with you. I can't because I'm going to start I'm going to start reading about the deal. I'm going to start reading you a bullet point. They got this. This is and and my brain will just need to make a joke about the Brewers being cheap or about X golf or about the Josh Hader trade or about Mark Atanasio buying a soccer club. I ca- I can't. I can't do it. Now, tomorrow, I will do my best because I will take a full day to prepare and maybe even book a guest. But as of right now at 4.04 p.m., I, I, I know you guys think so high, highly of me as a journalist and my commitment to the truth, my commitment to the facts is, is a pillar of this program. And I cannot in good faith talk about this Brewers trade because I just won't be able to control myself. And in, in doing this, I'd like to, you know, just show off my self-awareness, right? I know myself. I can't do this. So we're going to start with some football and some badge basketball. <laughs> I know myself and I know the show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. I did have quite a few beers. I had a couple friends come to town to visit, got to see them for the first time in a while. There were no girlfriends involved and we all love the girlfriends. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, when you just have all the breathing room and time in the world to just drink as many beers as you want or play as many games of darts as you want or put as much money into a pull tab machine as you want. There's something very liberating there. So that was my weekend. I hope you had a great weekend in sports fans. There were a lot of options. There was great World Cup soccer, Army, Navy, obviously NFL football yesterday and college basketball and NBA throughout. So we're going to talk about just about everything. Not a lot of soccer tonight. Maybe it'll get mentioned. But other than that, we're going to talk about everything. I want to talk Badgers basketball. I want to talk about the Packers because now it's Rams week, but we're still amidst a two-week bye. Is there a path for the Packers to make the play? I feel like Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny 
will map Wisconsin's path to win the Big Ten West when just given a sliver of light, just a small little 1% sliver, you're telling me there's a chance I'm going to map out the the Badgers' path to winning the West. Now, I'm not going to map out a super detailed way that the Packers can make the playoffs, but I want to talk about how the Packers do have a chance to make the playoffs, what that tells us about the Packers, what that tells us about the NFC, and then I'll explain why still the Packers aren't going to make the playoffs. So we're going to get to that at some point tonight. Uh, and maybe, who knows, the Bucks won a great game on Friday night. They lost a brutal one last night, so maybe they'll come up as well. 608-796-2558 and Twitter at Wisco Grant. That's how you get connected with the show if you want to be a part of the show. Otherwise, uh, sit back and listen. That's fine, too. I don't love scary movies. I can't do gore. I don't like gore. I don't need gore, so I'm I'm not a fan of Saw. There's this new movie, Terrifier 2. They were having to call the ambulance because people were passing out or throwing up in the theater. Yuck. I don't want that. I do love the movie Hereditary. I got actual legit chills down my spine multiple times while watching that movie. That was really, that was awesome. It was scary, but it was awesome. And I also love the movie The Strangers. It's one of my favorite films, period. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, although this movie's been out for like 15, 16 years or something like that. So, I mean, come. I remember seeing it in, in the Mr. Movies when I was little. It is a very... There's a the cover. There's a guy with a burlap sack over his head. It's a very scary-looking cover. I remember that. Mr. Movies. So if you haven't seen it yet, you know, get with the program. Essentially, it's a couple. They're in a house in, like, think of North on 53. Honestly, we've been talking about the North Woods lot. That's It could be up there. And all night, basically, these three people in masks just mess with them. Just terrorize them. Window to window, door to door. It's It's scary. And at the very end of the movie, the next morning after this night of being terrorized, they're like, why are you doing this to us? And the villain who's in the mask just kind of calmly says, because you were home. It's like, wow, that's <laughs> that's dark because you were home. So this weekend I was thinking about this. Between soccer, college football, college basketball, and the NFL, I probably watched more sports this weekend than any weekend in weeks. Why? Not because the games were good or because they were games that I cared about. I watched the games because they were on. That was my theme for the weekend. Because they were on. Because the games were on. Because the teams were on. Because the sports were on. I watched because I could. Right? Friday night. Got some friends in town, like I said. I'm not dialed into what's going on in the sporting world. I don't have to go on air until today. It's been three days, you know, 4 p.m. I got all the time in the world to catch up on whatever. We get to our second bar of the night. What's this? Bucks are playing the Mavericks. It's 11.30 p.m. Look at this. We have basketball at the bar. I saw about 3% of this game up until the final five minutes. I maybe caught a glimpse out of the corner of my eye, checked the score on the game. But I tell you what, those final five minutes meant everything. I was ready to throw hands at the bar. When Giannis filed out, I was pissed. When the Bucks stole that game and Chris Middleton won that game, I was ready to jump through a steel door. I kind of ran through a brick wall. That was Friday night, Saturday morning. My buddy is a psycho, so we had everyone up at 8.45. Why? Because he wanted to get everyone up. Next thing you know, I'm watching Morocco, Portugal. Because it was on. I'm not a diehard Morocco fan. I'm not a diehard Portugal fan. I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to soccer. And yet I was watching. Because it was on. By 1 p.m. later in the afternoon, we're at a house on French Island. We're watching France play England. I thought it was hilarious. We were on French Island watching the French play soccer. It's really not that funny, but I, you know, I got a chuckle. Why were we watching France play England and Harry Kane missing penalty kicks? I was watching because it was on. Right Next, we end up going to a bar in the afternoon. The house party was getting a little stale that we were at. All right, let's go out onto the town. 
We want to play pull tabs, play darts, watch Army Navy. Hell yeah. I'm no diehard of the service academies or the triple option, but I watched Army Navy because it was on. Right? And this game, Army Navy went to overtime. Honestly, there may not be a better format for any specific team or matchup in professional sports or amateur sports, quite like our college football overtime format and Army Navy. Just cut out the middle 80 yards of the field or 60 yards of the field. Take out all the punts and just let them start close to the goal line. I love it. It made all the sense in the world. When that game went to overtime, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Because now these very limited offenses don't have to traverse 80 yards. They can just go 25. It's perfect. Army-Navy hadn't been to overtime ever under these current rules. I believe I saw on the TV. And it was great. It was perfect. Because it's not like these offenses can drive up and down the field anyways. And I'm living and dying with every snap of the ball. Like I graduated from West Point last year. I mean, I was into this thing. Because it was on. Later, Saturday evening. I know I'm just taking you through my weekend, but we head downtown. We go out 3rd Street, downtown La Crosse. One of my body, uh, my buddies, who's a beverage salesman, has an event. So we're slugging cheap drinks and we're putting in uh, raffle tickets to win dumb prizes. And all of a sudden, what's on the TV? Wisconsin Volleyball's on the TV. Hell yeah, the whole bar is into it. Nobody in the bar went to Madison, or very few did, I presume, because we're in La Crosse. None of us are volleyball diehards. But I'm watching and I'm cheering. Why? Because it's on. And it was a bummer the way they lost. That was a bummer. Serve errors. Serve errors, ladies and gentlemen. You can't err on your serves. Those are free points you're giving away. It's like missing free throws. Just killer to watch all night. But between two soccer games, both of which I watched in their entirety on Saturday, England-France was unbelievable. Harry Kane just putting one over the crossbar. Screw Harry Kane. I didn't barely even knew who he was. I did, but it was like in some deep recess of my brain. That got activated when I was watching on Saturday. I was like, oh, Harry Kane, I don't know who that is. For whatever reason, I just really wanted to see France win. I like watching France because they have really good players. Sue me. I, I like watching the famous soccer players that are really famous everywhere in the world. Morocco, Portugal, France, England. I was dialed in. Army, Navy. I was there for every play. Then we had a, there were some college basketball games on. I just needed something out of the bar to focus on in between throwing darts and eating cheese curds. Then on Saturday night, I'm watching... Badger volleyball, like it's the only sport in my life. I need Badgers volleyball. I need them to win this game, and unfortunately, they didn't. I was just watching sports up the wazoo on Saturday, not because I care about any of the games or the teams, but because they were on the TV. It was great. Now, yesterday was a little different because I think a lot of us just watch NFL to watch NFL. I don't need an excuse to watch NFL games. I don't need to be at a bar to watch NFL games. I will seek out NFL games in a way that I won't seek out the World Cup, won't seek out Army-Navy. I watched Vikings-Lions yesterday because I was actually fascinated by the matchup. It's very interesting because the Vikings have been stacking up wins. Yeah, they've been close wins. They've been stacking up wins, and Kirk Cousins has looked good in this defense. Darius Smith, Daniel Hunter look good. The 10-2 and Vikings roll into the house of the 5-7 and Detroit Lions, and they were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. What a weird situation. Now, if you're a hardcore gambler, you'd probably say, well, this actually isn't, it's, it's fairly common. This happens a lot. Okay, but I don't see it every day because I'm not, you know, a, a degenerate gambler and I don't consume all that content. 10-2 and two Vikings, a two-and-a-half-point underdog to the Lions in Detroit yesterday. Coming into yesterday, they showed this graphic during the game. The Vikings were 4-1 and one since week nine with a point differential of minus 19. Not great. Not great. 
Vegas knows. For everyone over the last week, it's like, why, why is Detroit favored? Vegas doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Oh, oh, they don't? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Vegas is idiots. Free money. Go ahead. Put, it, put, your, put your mortgage on it then. This game was not close. This game was not close. Now, what was the final score? The final score ended up being 34-23. It wasn't even that close in the second half. But no one really let this game, like, die. We were all sitting on the edge of our seat watching this game. No one looked away. And we kept saying, this is the exact type of game the Vikings would win and also the exact type of game the Lions would lose, right? It was checking all the boxes of a game that the Lions would blow and the Vikings would come back and win, and it would have fit the format of everything we've seen so far this year. Would have stuck to the script, right? But the Lions were able to hang on. And I don't even want to be anti-Vikings today, other than their arrival and they're a team that I don't like, but I'm more pro-Lions today than I am anti-Vikings. Jared Goff looked really good yesterday. That throw down the boundary, I think it was to DJ Chark, down the left side. Oh, you see the float it had on it? I mean, that that looked like Joel Stave in his prime, shooting one to Jared Aberderis down there. I mean, that was was pretty. I like DJ Shark. We all like Equity Mia St. Brown. Josh Reynolds has some good chemistry with Jared Goff. That's a good uh, core of weapons. And now Jamison Williams is back, and he caught a touchdown yesterday. That was really fun. Man, I... I hope the Lions get into the playoffs. Now, I know that if the Lions make the playoffs, that probably means that the Packers don't. But I don't think the Packers are making the playoffs. Uh, Not to jump ahead to a later portion of the show. I don't think the Packers are making the playoffs. And if the Packers don't make it, I would way rather have the Lions than the Giants or the Commanders. Or I'm not anti-Seahawks. That's a coin flip. But the Seahawks, we've seen the Seahawks in the playoffs. Although it would be funny if they made it without Russell Wilson. So I guess I'm torn. My point, if the Packers are not going to get hot and make the playoffs, which they're not going to, I would love to see the Lions in the playoffs because I think they're one of the best teams, one of one of the best teams in the NFC. And by that, I mean they're one of a, a small handful of teams. I'm not saying they're the best. I don't think they're the Eagles or the Cowboys or even the Niners. Good God, what they did to the Buccaneers yesterday with Brock Purdy, Ben Kenny's boy from Iowa State. I heard Ben singing his praises this morning. Quite the opposite, actually. But the Lions, after that first tier, after the tier of the Eagles and the Cowboys and maybe the Niners, if they get competent quarterback play, why not the Lions? Why can't they lead the next tier? And the Vikings are a part of that tier. The Commanders, the Giants, although I don't think those teams are very good, as we've talked about. Right, The Lions could be right there. They're an entertaining team, and they could give us some really entertaining football in the playoffs. So we got to get the Lions into the playoffs. I know that means the Packers aren't making it, but again... I don't think the Packers are making it anyways. Now, the weekend wrapped up last night with Badgers, Iowa, which it was like Christmas Day because I've been watching sports all weekend long of teams that I don't care about, right? I'm watching soccer, which is nice. I'm watching Army-Navy, which is nice. I'm watching all these games, but they're not my teams. Finally, I get one of my teams last night, and it felt like Christmas morning. I've never cared about a game so much. I just wanted one of my teams, a team with a rooting interest. So that was last night. I want to talk about that next. First of all... Or first, before we do that, I should say, let's take some texts. Oh, good. Everyone's correcting me. Uh, here's a text that say, don't ever say the Vikings defense looked good. Five straight games allowing over 400 yards against mediocre offenses beside Detroit. Yeah, yes. But Darius Smith's having a good season. Daniel Hunt, like, that's what I mean. And every time I watch the Vikings, I know you guys are giving up yards. I- I'm aware. But they make plays in the clutch. They get sacks when they need it. They get stops when they need it. That's what I mean. Obviously, the Vikings aren't pitching shutouts. Is, is this from a Vikings fan? I'm trying to compliment your team. 
I'm trying I'm trying to help your team with what I'm saying. Rockin' Rick says Equinemius is a bear. Okay, I meant Amon Ross St. Brown. Is this is this what the text line is for today is to correct Grant? Is this the 1-800-CORRECT-GRANT line? Because if so, I'm just going to shut it down. And that's not because I'm insecure about what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not, but you know what I meant. Thank you. Thank you, Rockin' Rick, however. I appreciate you. You know that. That's the number, 608-796-2558 or 1-800-CORRECT-GRANT if you want to use the toll-free number instead of the local one. I'm also on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's talk Badgers basketball. Another huge win last night. It's coming up next in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to do plenty of Packers stuff tonight. We're just going to see how the show goes. I know we're going to talk a lot of Badgers basketball. We're going to talk a lot of Packers. I don't know the timing of it all. Depends on, you know, when people call, what they bring up. Uh, Again, as I said back at 4 o'clock, many hosts are too beholden to the rundown. I'm loose, right? I can pivot. I'm not going to be overly rigid. So I want to start now with Badgers basketball. We'll get back to the Packers at some point. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Greg Garden Company did it again last night, and I think this game was even more special. And maybe you agree with me. If you are such a sports diehard that you watch sports all weekend, despite none of our teams playing, we didn't have a Packer game on Sunday. We didn't have a Bucks game on Saturday. We didn't have a United States soccer game. But I watched soccer. I watched Army-Navy. I watched NFL. We watched sports from Saturday morning to Sunday night. I believe it's 7 or 6. No, 6, 5.30, somewhere in there. We watched sports all weekend long without having a team to cheer for, without having a rooting interest. We finally got that rooting interest last night, Wisconsin at Iowa, and I think kind of waiting all weekend long to cheer for a team. I think that made last night's game even more fun, charged me up even more. And then, of course, they take it to overtime, and I just, I, I'm just beside myself with this team. I, I'm ready to run through a steel door for Greg Gard. I will run straight through my refrigerator when I get home. And as I tweeted last night at Wisco Grant, it's hard to win in the Big Ten. It's harder to win on the road in the Big Ten. And the way I see it, the Badgers won two different road games last night because they had it won in regulation, and then they gave it away, and then they came back to win it in overtime. So I don't know what Kempom is thinking. I don't know what the AP is thinking, but the Grant Bills rankings watched last night's game and saw the Badgers got two Quadrant 1 wins, two great Big Ten road wins in one night. Now, I know your traditional rankings, your your nerds won't account for that, but that's why my rankings are better. Two road wins last night for the Badgers. In one crack at it, a very efficient outing, very efficient trip down there. Naturally, we got a freak out from Fran McCaffrey, which was just outstanding. I really didn't understand why. Right, I've been listening to you know, the zone a lot today because they talked about Badgers basketball this morning. So I was listening to Ebo and Rowdy. And then, you know, our friend Ben Kenny stops in after nine. So I was listening to those three knuckleheads go back and forth. And tonight I'm going to make some time. I think I'm going to work out after work and uh, turn up Zach Heilprin. He's got a new episode of the, the Swing out. I'm very excited about that. Did anyone explain today or did anyone have it explained why Fran McCaffrey was losing his mind? Because I watched his postgame presser today and he wasn't asked about it. At the time that he freaked out and got that technical, unless I'm reading this incorrectly, and I tried to check this as many places as I could, Wisconsin had shot one free throw at that point in the game. 
Like, they went what had to be like a 28, 29, 30-minute stretch without shooting any free throws. And then the defender bumps Chucky Hepburn, and that's what pushed him over the side. It was, it was very bizarre. And if I was Fran McCaffrey, the more free throws for the Badgers, the better, because they were missing all of the high-leverage free throws they got, both at the end of regulation and in overtime. So I guess I'm a little confused by Fran McCaffrey's anger last night. But I love Fran McCaffrey. I hope he never changes because it's coaches like him and moments like that that really make Big Ten play special and memorable. So thank you, Fran McCaffrey, and all of the McCaffrey. You have Patrick McCaffrey, Connor McCaffrey. Jesus. I'm surprised there wasn't any Ferences playing in last night's game. It's the family business in Iowa City. By the way, if you look up McCaffrey on Twitter today, (laughs) this is because I I was looking for sound bites. I couldn't find any. And instead, when I searched... uh, Fran McCaffrey, all I was getting was angry Iowa fans who were tweeting about what's going on with Chris Beard, who's the basketball coach at Texas, who is in jail for, I believe, domestic assault or just assault. He is in jail, and he was in jail as of earlier today. Like, Texas is almost assuredly going to have to fire him. And all of the tweets about Fran McCaffrey where I saw were replies to the news about Chris Beard from Iowa fans who were saying, like, but yeah, Fran McCaffrey yelled at a ref. He's a terrible human. It's like, okay. <laughs> so Iowa fans went on Twitter, found the coach that's in trouble with the actual law to defend their coach. I absolutely love it. This is this is why college sports are great, and sometimes college sports are lost on me, especially early in the college football season. But it's stuff like that that just makes it just makes college basketball, college football so great. Happy birthday, by the way, to Connor Asijan, legend. He had 14 off the bench last night, including a really tough three uh, to put him up eight with about two minutes to go. I think 215, 210, somewhere in there. Really big shot. And, of course, he put it down. Didn't hesitate for a sec. He did make a couple of uh, youthful errors, let's call it. Um, at the end of regulation, he got inbound to the ball and didn't r- really know what to do with it and then turned it over and I was able to tie it to take it to overtime. And that was Connor season. That's a freshman mistake. That's a rookie mistake. And then at the end of overtime, probably shouldn't have dunked that basketball. Probably should have held it. You probably could have ran a couple more seconds off the clock, then go to the free throw line or wait a couple of seconds to dunk it. And then of course I heard them debating this on Ebo's show this morning. Uh, but Ebo and Rowdy are not or weren't in the moment focused on talking about actual winning. They were like, well, you know, you have low T if you don't go dunk the ball. No, actually, if you want to, like, go win the game, you you know, then you don't dunk the ball. Because Iowa could have forced double over T. McCaffrey got an awesome look at it, which wouldn't happen, you know, if Connor Siegen just would have dribbled out the clock a little bit more. Or maybe just delayed and then go up. Or dribble it down, dribble it out, take the foul. Again, these are late-game execution things, and Greg Gard talked about that after the game. Uh, he was asked because in his statement after he said, there's a lot of things we got to clean up, a lot of things we got to do better. So he was asked, well, what are some of those things, Greg? Enlighten us. Well, at times it was shot selection that led to, to runouts for the Iowa, um, not playing through the paint. Um, you know, some things uh, fouling wise that we foul too much at times. Um, you know, decisions against, against some pressure that maybe didn't result in turnovers, but we had some deflected balls that should have been maybe picked off Mm -hmm. so just there's so many things it it may take tuesday's film session maybe about three hours long i don't know it's there's a lot um not making it easy on the on the coach i gotta make sure i keep up to date with my cardiologist and everything is good but um (laughs) they uh they just keep battling but 
so many things from a couple passes we had that we drove and turned down layups to try to make a a better pass and just simple things. Simple things. It's we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. As Aaron Rodgers once said, there, "There's subtlety in simplicity." Right. So my first instinct would be to simplify things even more. Simplify some things. Simple, 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 simple. It's the sound of me throwing. I just threw something at the door. I didn't fall over. I have fallen off the chair, though, during the show. Greg Hart talking about some of those execution issues. Obviously, got to hit your free throws. They're free. Not to be that guy. But we could save ourselves a lot of uh, heart palpitations, a lot of stress. Just make some free throws. And, of course, Tyler Wall in overtime when it felt like they were about to pull away and win this thing. Cash both free throws, no issue. Then he gets up there with a chance to ice the game, put it to five or even four. No, Lord, no. Lord, no. Make those free throws. God, how could you? So let's, you know, let's sharpen up from the free throw line. Although Tyler Wall did hit that go-ahead three. Maybe it wasn't a go-ahead three, but it's a huge three from the left wing. Also, don't look now. Jordan Davis is making winning basketball plays, which is no surprise because he's a winning player from a winning program that won at a very high level for years, made a lot of state tournaments, and also... Also, just so we don't forget, I think Lacrosse Central not only goes to state in 2020 if the pandemic doesn't shut the season down, I think they win. What they did to Onalaska that year, Jordan Davis, Johnny Davis, but also people forget. People forget uh, Devon Fielding played a huge role in that game as well. That's not really relevant to this conversation. I just like talking about Lacrosse Central basketball. Jordan Davis has played in a lot of big games and has been trusted to make plays in big moments of big games. Against really good competition, right? So I, again, as I will probably all season, will go to bat for Jordan Davis because Jordan Davis misses a shot and everyone acts like he's a bum. Hello, it's college basketball. Carter Gilmore, I I think one of the three-point shots he shot last night is still rolling. It's probably rolling down the tunnel in in Iowa's basketball state. That's how bad of a shot it was. College kids sometimes stink and they sometimes make stinky plays. They all do. Not just Jordan Davis, but because Jordan Davis has a brother that's better than him. Everyone thinks he's a bum. He's not. He's a good player. And he's maybe the most natural-looking basketball player they have out there. When he shoots, again, not to keep quoting Ben Kenny, but his, his Jordan Davis take is correct. Every time he shoots, it looks great. That counts for something. Stephen Crowell, man, Stephen Crowell takes a three. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to bust the backboard like, like Bango did the other night. Although Stephen Crowell looked like Kareem in crunch time last night with that floater. I want to talk more Badgers basketball. I want to talk more Packers. We can continue all of this. But I'm woefully late for a break. 608-796-2558. Call a text on the other side of the break. You can always tweet me at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Man, I was really hungry. I forgot to pack a lunch today. So I shook out my backpack and found a couple of quarters. Went up to the vending machine, which I, I try not to do because, you know, vending machines are, you know, you're just, you're just paying 150 cents on the dollar. I got a thing of Gardetto's. I got to say, it's been so long since I've had Gardetto's. Ringing endorsement on Gardetto's. That's a, that's a W snack. That was, that was outstanding. I really enjoyed that during my break. I, I feel refreshed. I feel sustained. I have some sustenance. Let's keep talking Badgers basketball. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Rory tweets in, or Kinger, as they refer to him, I believe, in the morning. 
who said Connor Asijin greater than Johnny Davis's twin brother. What, a, what, what, what do you do? You guys just live to harass me. What, what do they put you up to from six to ten in the morning? Obviously, have you not heard me talk about Connor Asijin? I want to adopt him. I love that guy. He's him. I'm not saying Connor Asijin isn't as good as Jordan Davis. I'm not saying Jordan Davis is better than Connor Asijin. Can I like two players, Rory? Is that okay? Brownson Kading was better than Vito Brown. That doesn't mean Vito Brown was trash. I swear, I swear, I swear. Let's rein in our takes a little bit. Think before you hit send. You hear that on a, you hear that a couple times a day on one of our shows, and I love it. Rory, yes, yes. I'm I'm not saying that Jordan Davis is better than Connor Siegen. I think they can both be great role players this year. I think Connor Siegen has. I think we're going to be blessed with some really fun games and really fun seasons from him for the next however many years, however long we got him. I love that guy. He's my ride or die. But I like Jordan Davis, too. You can like more than one player, Rory. All right, I'm done talking about your tweet. Daniel's in Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? What's up, Grant? I'm here to talk about the Badgers and the Bucks, yes. as usual. Yes. Let's do it. And we talked, I don't know if you remember, but I made a maybe irresponsible comparison between uh, Cijan and Steph Curry Mike last week. Oh, oh, and, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And, I mean, and I'm not trying to, like, defend it or anything, but, like, he continues to shoot those very pure threes. Um, like, very sweet-looking off his off the wrist and off the, the fingertips, and mm-hmm. they go straight through. They're not, like, you know, rattlers or anything like that. They no. They're pretty. Uh, no, I just wanted to make a little connection between the Bucks and the Badgers. Now, yes. I watched both games, one on the TV, one on my phone, because they were on at, like, the same time, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like they were going opposite directions. Like, the entire game, I was expecting the Bucks to go on, like, a 30 to nothing run. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, where's yeah. this run coming? Uh, this is the Rockets. Like, all right, Giannis is going to get uh, personal... 13, 13 personal run, right? He's going to he's gonna put this game out of reach. Yeah. And he just never did. So, like, I was expecting the entire time that the Bucks were just going to take control, and they never did. And on the flip side, that game kind of felt like a, the, the Badger game felt like a game where Iowa was going to take control. Like, I was like, all right, well, Iowa, that might be the dagger for you guys. All right, well, that might be the dagger for you guys. And then the Badgers just kept finding little stupid ways to stay in front or to to come back from the four-point deficit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, It's like they were kind of playing on opposite sides where I wasn't expecting a Badgers win, but I was expecting a Bucks win, and then we got both of the opposite results. I think the Bucks expected to do that too, Daniel. I think Giannis, yeah. Giannis did not have a good game last night. It, it almost looked like it looked like he didn't want to be out there. He's like, oh, screw this. We're playing in Houston. We're on a, they're on a road trip. They're going to be traveling a lot the next two weeks or the next 10 games. They're going to be in and out of Milwaukee a little bit, but they're traveling a lot. Giannis looked tired. Not his best game. And then Chris gets hurt, which I think probably everyone else on the team think, well, screw this. Right? And I think they expected yeah. to just steal it at the end, too. But they couldn't make an entry pass to save their life. They couldn't throw a lob to save their life. Like, it was just these little things that if they just execute those little things, they win. It's still not a great win. It, you don't feel awesome, but they get out of there with the good result instead of the loss. Those little yeah. things. Like, and I, I watching the the Bucks last night, let's bring a third team. Let's make this a three-teamer, Daniel. I'll bring in 
Badgers volleyball because on Saturday night, they could not serve the ball. They had so many serve errors. And I'm like, man, you're just giving away free points. That's like missing free throws like the Badgers did. Or just throwing the, the ball away on lobs or entry passes. This stuff shouldn't be hard. And when you can't do the easy stuff, it's really hard to win a game, especially a close game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Either way, you know, we got we got blessed with a good win. So, uh, and the Buck season is much longer, and obviously games in December worry me a lot less when it comes to the Bucks over the Badgers because I I would agree that I would argue that they they mean significantly less than a college basketball game in oh, December. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, uh, you're playing for regular season a, standings. You're, you're you know, chasing a Big Ten regular season title. There's stakes to the regular right. season in college like there isn't in the NBA. So I I was okay with last night's results. But, I I mean, obviously, we're Wisconsin fans. We're always looking for the very best for each night that we watch sports. So, yeah. straight. You live that. with it. Yeah, I agree with all that, Daniel. It's okay. It's okay. Bucks took a, lo- a tough loss. That's going to happen. You play 82 games, some of them are going to stink. I appreciate your call. Let's talk again soon. Yeah. You too. Bye. Daniel in Madison. Have an outstanding night. 608-796-2558. Alex texts in and says, how about your boy Amari Rogers yesterday? Okay. Should we talk about that? I feel like we should talk about that. Maybe this is the perfect transition Thing to get us to the Packers, Alex. And thank you for building this bridge. We're going to go from Wisconsin Badgers basketball to a, a quick side note on Amari Rogers. Then we're going to pivot that into the Packers, and we'll probably get to the Packers when we come back from this next break. I kind of feel like Amari Rogers has a little bit more to offer than the Packers were able to get out of him. I'm starting to believe, and I'm starting to think, based on limited evidence, but it's all the evidence we have, that the Packers sometimes don't know what to do with the wide receivers they draft. MVS is the example of examples for me. I'm not saying MVS should be Tyreek Hill or Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones. That's not what I'm saying. But it always seemed like there was more juice than they could squeeze. It's like, okay, so we're just going to use this guy to run 45-yard bombs and he's going to drop two-thirds of them and then we're going to get pissed and like there's going to be a lot of angst and he's going to feel a lot of pressure. That doesn't seem ideal for anyone well you know he's a burner we drafted him take the top off the defense well yeah like prince fielder got paid to hit home runs that doesn't mean he couldn't hit singles and doubles too right like we can run mvs underneath let him catch and then run like we've seen the packers now do with watson or use him in the tyler irvin role put him in motion like we've seen with christian watson so to the packers credit and to matt lafleur's credit I think they learned from MVS how to better use Christian Watson. Christian Watson is more talented. That's obviously why he was drafted five rounds higher. But I do think they learned from MVS. Okay, we drafted this guy. He's big. He's tall. He's fast. We don't just need to use him as a deep threat. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here in the studio thinking, hello, hello. Been saying that for years now. And it's, it's very typical of the Packers needing to fail at something before they can then do it correctly see Matt LaFleur. There's a million examples. Now I'm watching this Amari Rogers thing and I'm like, man, I'm again, I'm not saying Amari Rogers is this superb wide receiver, but the Packers haven't needed superb. They've needed competent next to Devonte Adams. I, I, I feel like they drafted Amari Rogers and they're like, well, we're going to start you returning punts and kicks. And then as you age, you will age into the wide receiving core as veterans leave. And then the Packers are like, just kidding. We're going to trade for Randall Cobb. 
and we're going to force you to return punts until you can do it correctly. And if you can't do it correctly, we're going to get rid of you. Well, that doesn't seem productive. Doesn't seem like the best way to go about that. I don't know. I don't know. I just, some of these wide receivers that have left Green Bay, hell, Equinemia St. Brown has looked good in moments for the Bears. Again, not a, a world-beater wide receiver, but pretty solid. And that's what they've needed. We've been looking for solid next to Devontae Adams for years, and they could never find it. And I feel like it was there. They just didn't know how to cultivate it. They could never squeeze the lemon for all that it was worth. 608-796-2558. Cornhole Roller. We're here to celebrate another Badgers basketball victory. How sweet is, is life like this? Life like this sure is sweet, ain't it, Corn? It is amazing. It is a victory Monday. Screw the Packers. Yeah. No Badgers. Greg Gard, silent assassin. How many times does it need to be said? And happy birthday to Connor Asijin. Yeah. He is him. King. King. How do you think he's celebrating today? King. Uh, I bet he's getting 500 shots up in the gym. That's of course he is. I love how he tweeted his own birthday. Like, hold on. I, I You retweeted it. Let me go find it. I'm going to read this here. Blessed to go around the globe another time. This past year has blessed me in so many ways on Wisconsin. What a king. And he even had to correct himself because he meant to say around the sun because around the globe doesn't really make too much sense. But, <laughs> Wait, I didn't even so, you know, he's he, he got a little humility in him too, which well, is yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want a player that's able to learn from their mistakes. It seems Connor Asijan may have done that last night with a, a flub at the end of uh, regulation. Was it Jason Kidd that once said we're going to turn this team around 360 degrees? Yeah, that sounds like a kid kid line. Yeah, that sounds like something he would say. Well, what did you think when you were watching last night's game? What, what did what did Cornhole Roller see when he watched the Badgers win in Iowa in overtime? I mean, I was ecstatic with how they were playing up until the last minute of the game. And then yeah. the minute that McCaffrey hit that three to tie it up, I thought for sure they would lose in overtime. They're, I just think momentum on the yeah. road, Big Ten opponents, uh, the McCaffreys were just kind of starting to get really hot towards the end of that game. I thought there was no way the team, you know, would play for another five minutes and come out with the win. But, you know, overtime, they were looking really good. They were continuing to trade baskets with Iowa. Um, and, I mean, uh, Stephen Crowell on that little that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar jump hook. That was unbelievable. That was I. That might have been the best play he's made in his career as a Badger so far. That was. You know what? I talk about the Timberwolves. Like if you could just combine Rudy Gobert into into Carl Anthony Towns and make them one, you'd have a center. I kind of feel the same way about Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell. If you could put Tyler Wall's skill set in Stephen Crowell's body, then you'd have one center. And Tyler Wall is a great player. He's just undersized. Like if you could combine those mm-hmm. two, you could get Wall's game into Stephen Crowell's body we'd be getting somewhere. Also, with Tyler Wall, what thoughts were going through your head the minute he did that kind of quick three? Oh, I think it was in overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, poor shot selection, but it worked out. And I think Greg Gard talked after the game. He's like, this team is going to kill me. You know, we need to review some of the shot selection stuff. But it went in. Look, I don't mind because it, because it's Chucky Hepburn. I trust Chucky Hepburn to make good decisions. And after that, you're not sure because the Seijin is great, but he's a freshman. He's going to have limited opportunities. Who else? Like, I want Tyler Wall to take the reins and take control in games. Maybe not with pull-up threes, but it worked. Yeah, that that's kind of where, obviously, the game turned is that Tyler Wall and then Jordan Davis back-to-back threes. 
Um, I was, that's why I thought they were going to lose going into overtime is because like, I, how could you have expected Tyler Wall and Jordan Davis to head back to back threes? I mean, nothing they've done all season has, has shown they're capable of that. Yeah. I, I might, I might have, I'm getting close to issuing an apology on Jordan Davis. Oh, he's, he's stepped up. He has stepped up. Not there yet, but I'm, I'm close. Okay. Can I make, this will be my, my Jordan Davis say, and then I got to take a break, but this is what I want to say about Jordan Davis. This is a college basketball team, and it seems like this fan base, like we, like we're, we're picky, we're selective on who we expect great basketball from. When in reality, Chucky Hepburn is a great basketball player. Tyler Wall is a very good basketball player, and I think the rest of the team is kind of up in the air. But when Jordan Davis makes a mistake, it's open season on him. When Stephen Crowell makes a mistake, or when Connor Seijan makes a mistake, it's like, oh, it's college. You'll have that. I, I feel like we're grading Jordan Davis on a tougher curb. The guy makes great plays. He makes mistakes and he misses shots, but that's college. Everyone's going to make mistakes and miss shots for the most part. Yeah, I think it's just tough because of, you know, of who his brother is and who he was for the Badgers. Like, you just kind of have those built-in expectations that, oh, with the same DNA, you know, maybe maybe there's something in Jordan as well. Well, Jordan, so, I mean. I think, I think that's where the steep expectations are coming from. So, seeing you brought it up, I love talking about lacrosse central basketball. I watched all of those games for, like, the final two years that Jordan and Johnny were, like, leading the team. Johnny was definitely the guy that, like, ran the show and he was taking the shots. But Jordan Davis, first of all, defensively was unbelievable. Getting out in transition, he always shoots with such confidence. And I can appreciate that. Because I think you can work on your form, you can tweak your like you can tweak your shot and you can grow your shot, but if you just have that confidence in you, like Connor Siegen has it, and I also think he has a pretty shot. If Jordan Davis continues to just tweak on that shot, why can't he become Vito Brown but more athletic and, and, and faster and a better defender? You know what I mean? Yeah, and his three that he hit yesterday, did that even hit the net? No. I mean that nope. was nope. that was right in. Corn. This is great. Life like this sure is sweet corn. I do, unfortunately, have to take a break. Thank you for calling in and talking Badgers basketball with me today. I love this. I absolutely love the uh, Badger basketball team, and it would pretty much do anything for Greg Gard. I'd, I'd die. I'd, I'd cut off a limb. I'd, I'd do anything. All right, Corn. Talk to you soon. <laughs> yep. Bye, Grant. Cornhole Roller. Uh, join us in a Twitter space sometime. It's where we waste our life after 6 p.m. It's really fun. 608. 7962558 Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more. Badgers basketball, and we should talk about this Brewers trade. We'll do that coming up as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to give my very limited take on the trade that the Brewers made today because we should talk about it. I don't want to go too deep into the weeds because I don't I, I want to do a little more research. I want to think about it more because I'm just so predisposed to make fun of the Brewers and hate what they do right now. Uh, and I I don't want to do that with this trade because I think it's a good trade. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. First, real quick, Mike in Windsor. Let's get him in before five o'clock. What's up, Mike? What's up, Grant? How are you? I am thrilled to be alive. The Badgers are killing it, and I had a lot of fun watching them last night. You know they're killing it, Grant, but um, you're not going to win a lot of Big Ten games like that. Oh. Uh, they're, they're, you're not. Their shot improvement has to in, improve drastically, and their free throws. So, uh, yeah, man, I just, I mean, I, I love that they won, and I was so happy that they won, um, but we got a few shots that were prayers. Um and sometimes that happens in college basketball, right? But I still think that 
you know, I don't know. I'm more so I'm not worried about the Iowa games. I'm worried about the Purdue games and IU and a bunch of other teams that will beat you if you score 60 points. So that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, late game execution, the free throws thing is tough because you, you just shrink your margins, right? Like in business, if you shrink yeah. your margins and, and you leak money away on dumb things, it's harder to turn a profit. You really make it harder on yourself to win games if you're giving away free points, especially at the end of games and winning time when you can't make free throws. Oh, oh. 100, 100% grant. So that and then, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not that I, I love your last caller. It's a great dude. But uh, I'm so sick of all the people saying, um, you know, uh, now I love Jordan Davis. He's making, or yeah, Jordan Davis, he's making great clutch shots. Like, he made a great clutch shot against Marquette, too, and people still gave him crap. So I, I mean, didn't. Let the record show I did I, not. I, I, am, I, am, I didn't say. I am I, I Mr. Equilibrium on Jordan Davis. I am flat as a flat <laughs> as a prairie. See, I'm not. I bought stock in the kid, you know, a couple games ago. Because if he can make a clutch shot like that every once in a while and that wins us a game, then I'm I'm good with that. That's all you need. He's not Johnny. Yes. He's yes, not Johnny. Yes. Thank you, Mike. We, we, all need to, we all need to step back and realize he's not his brother. Like, no, he's, he's, just, not. he's just not. Not yet. So that and then uh, – you got 30 seconds. The, uh, let's see. What else did you say? You said the thing about Rodgers and... Uh, oh, Mario Rodgers, yeah. I mean, and yes. uh, Scantling, and Scantling going to uh, the Chiefs. You know what, man? It's, it, he's not Andy Reid either. So <laughs> it's hard Andy. to compare. Yeah. It's super hard to compare that. So I that's gotcha. just what I think about that situation. But I'm going to let you go. I see appreciate ya. you, Mike. Text me if you got more to say. I'll read it on the other side of this break. Let's get a sports update. Zach Heil for Talk Brewers Trading Batters next. And a foul on Perkins. Fran McCaffrey. He is fired up to say the least. An attack for Fran McCaffrey. Oh boy. The grit and the effort and the fortitude that they continue to show night in and night out. A lot of things to learn from this, a lot of things we did not do well, but again, a group that just continues to battle and fight and tries to find a way. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So, I was planning on not really talking about the Brewer trade tonight for a couple reasons. Selfishly, I worked really hard to prepare a show today with a lot of Packers and a lot of Badgers, and then I didn't want to throw that all to the side. <laughs> so, like, selfishly, I did all this work, and I didn't... It'd be like making a big meal and then needing to throw it out and make another meal, like, whatever. But also, as I said back at 4 o'clock... I didn't really want to deep dive the Brewers trade tonight because I'm so predisposed to just hate everything the Brewers are doing right now that I honestly feel like I'm going to struggle to talk about it objectively. I'm going to want to make a joke about Top Golf. I'm going to want to make a joke about the restaurant to be named later, which was named today. Incredible. Like, I, I, I just, I'm going to struggle to talk about it. But then, <laughs> someone tagged me in this tweet. Uh, Byron, or Brian, excuse me, Brian, uh, he tweeted this. Brewers make a major trade, turn on at the game Milwaukee, and they're talking about Tom Brady not taking a shower. Cool. And someone tagged me in this, Rhett did, and said, do you ever listen to at Wisco Grant? His show is great. And Rhett, I agree. It is, this is a great show. 
the problem is you're shouting me out for being the guy that would talk about the Brewers trade, even though I said I won't talk about the Brewers trade. So now for you, Rhett, and for, I think, the goodness of the show, uh, we got to react to the Brewers trade because it's breaking news, and that's why we listen to live radio, right? So let's talk about the Brewers trade. If you want to talk about Badgers basketball, I'll take your call. We can a little mix and match, get two birds stoned at once type of thing here, 608-796-2558. That's the number to call and text them on Twitter as well. At Wisco Grant. Let's go to Richie and Eau Claire. Richie, 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 it's been a while. What's up? It, it has. Well, you know, we've been we've been depressed because we haven't had any good brewers news to talk about. So it, it's finally uh, something to bring us out of it here. Oh. I also love that I'm coming on. I'm, I, I love that I'm coming on right after a Trailer Park Boys reference. What did I wait? What did I say? I didn't even you know. Said, that. Uh, getting, getting two birds stoned at once. Oh yeah. I, okay, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that that was from Trailer Park Boys. One of my college buddies said that all the time. And he loved Trailer Park Boys, which now makes sense. But, Richie, you're, you're also coming on. The Brewers made a big trade, and we got to talk about that. But they also named the restaurant today, which I am just psyched out of my mind about. It is the – hold on, I already forgot what it's named. And you are from Eau Claire. The, room? the 715. So so you'll appreciate this. It's named – Yeah, it's the um, Lining Kugel's Barrel Room. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The J Lining Kugel's Barrel Yard. Wow. Barrel yard. Wow. That's a, that's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's definitely the biggest news of the day in Milwaukee, right? <laughs> well, it was until they made a trade. I like this trade. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on all the pieces they they got back, but this seems to be a very Stearns, Matt Arnold type of move, and it seems to be a very good move. I will give the Brewers credit. I like this yeah, a lot. I'm, I'm going I'm to be staying warm all winter long with the fleece that he just gave us. I, okay, that, that went over my head for a sec. I'm not going to lie, but now I got it. Yeah, the Brewers <laughs> gave up Asteri Ruiz, and they got William Contreras, who was an all-star last year, and they're going to get him for, like, the next five years. Plus, they got a big league mm-hmm. reliever and a minor league reliever, and they only gave up Asteri Ruiz, who is the piece they got back for Josh Hader. So they got right. a, a possibly a potential ace from Hader, and now they got Ruiz, who they have turned into a couple of more guys and we could assume they're their their catcher, their number one guy for the foreseeable future. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, and, and you know, at the, one of the knocks on him, at least at this point in his still young career, is his defense. And, I mean, look what we did with Narvaez on the defensive end, let alone all the catchers before him. You know, it's it's kind of like the, the pitching lab. We, we tend to uh, develop catching, and, you know, he's already got the bat, so as long as he doesn't let the bat slip a little bit, you know, his defense will probably come around. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a great bat behind the plate again. So here is now, it, it, like I said, I've been predisposed for the last couple of weeks or months to just dump on whatever the Brewers do. If I had a criticism <laughs> of this trade, if I did, it would be that it's, and it, it almost, it, it can't be a criticism because it's what the Brewers need. It's very forward thinking, right? They took Josh Hader. They turned Josh Hader into what was available at the time, which was an ace pitcher, a, a potential ace and a utility guy, mm-hmm. and then a, a, an arm that they got rid of. They then turned to Stereo Ruiz into five years of control for a catcher and some prospects. So I guess my crit- – here's my criticism. I'm going to get to my criticism. Is that they're, they're keeping the ball rolling down the road, right? It's like we're saving for retirement, but we're never retiring. Like we're putting together this nice financial package, all these investments, but we're never pulling our money out. We're always looking towards the future, which I get is a good thing, but also it's it's really hard to get over the hump if you just keep kicking it down the road. Yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree, but, you know, it's the Brewers are kind of like perpetually reloading right now, and, and, you know, we have a window with this pitching staff, and obviously our offense was the 
the biggest knock against us. And I, I know that they were, you know, the most consistent, best, whatever hitters on the team this year. But when you look at their stats, that still doesn't say much about Colton Wong and Renfro. So if we can get a catcher that's really going to hit the ball, if we can really figure out what Yelich's role is in this team, I still think we need to go out and, you know, get a Justin Turner or something to play third base for one, on, like on a one-year deal kind of a thing, yeah. you know. But still, I, I think if this offense comes around, it's it's just going to be so much better. You know, our, our pitchers our pitchers aren't going to have to be trying so hard. You know, it's it's one thing to for Burns and Woodruff to go out there and do what they do, but it makes their job a lot easier when they've got two or three runs to work with and they don't have to be making the perfect pitch every single time. So just adding to this offense, you know, not, not to mention with uh, William Contreras on the team, maybe his brother won't be such a jerk when he comes to town now. I Something we've skimmed past in the last week, I am so upset that Wilson Contreras is a Cardinal. That sucks. And we like, we, we've all been thinking it, but we haven't said it out loud. I, let me be the first to say this sucks and I'm not happy about it. And I'm going to hate it next summer when I have to play against it. However many times. See, I, I always said that he was Yachty light anyways. So now he went to St. Louis and it's just, it's, you know, another 10 years of having the exact same catcher in St. Louis. And it's not really any worse for us to have him there than it was in Chicago. He's still in our division, still, pain in our backside but like i said you know maybe uh maybe uh william behind the plate can tell him to <clears throat> be quiet for lack of a better appropriate term <laughs> i appreciate you for keeping that pg well that was very well done i appreciate that richie well i, I know we'll probably uh later this week i'm, I'm going to try to get jr radcliffe on we can talk about the restaurant to be named later that has now been named and about this trade as well but richie i appreciate you giving me a call and, and chatting about this deal with me you bet. The Brewers finally gave me something to call you about again. Yes, and, I, and I'm and i thankful just for that reason. Thank you for the call. I hope we talk again soon. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, that's our guy, Richie in Eau Claire. Talking about, like, like keep keeping the ball rolling. That's the way I'm visualizing this, right? So the Brewers make one trade. They get XYZ in return. Maybe they trade Z to keep the ball rolling into the future even more. And then as a part of that trade return, you take one piece and you kick it. To, you're always kicking down the road. And this is good and bad. The good is the Brewers don't have as much money as some other teams, and they don't want to spend any money. I, 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 again, I want to be intentional about the way we use language with the Brewers on this show. It's not that they can't spend money, you know, on the same level as other teams. Now, I, obviously, Mark Atanasio is not as rich as Steve Cohen, so he can't put out the payroll. But to say that if one guy becomes available, if the Brewers wanted to pay, they could. They could. They don't want to. They won't. It's not that they can't. But I understand how the world works. The Brewers can't pay $100 million for everybody. They could give out some contracts. They choose not to, right? The Brewers need to play a little differently. And I think they've found a way to be quite good at it, right? You have a player. You trade said player for a couple of arms, for a nice you know, a nice bat. Maybe one of those guys is parlayed into another. You're always parlaying. You're always kicking the, the can down the street, farther and farther and farther. For example, this is the J.J. Hardy trade tree. Okay, someone tweeted this out today. I think this is so funny. It started as J.J. Hardy, which turned into Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires. Mike Fires and Carlos Gomez were then parlayed into Josh Hader, Adrian Hauser, Domingo Santana, Brett Phillips, and Jorge Lopez. Brett Phillips and Jorge Lopez were traded for Mike Moustakis, who's now no longer in the organization. That branch of the tree dies right there. Domingo Santana was traded for Noah Zavolis and Ben Gamel. That branch of the tree stopped right there. 
also traded for Adrian Hauser and Josh Hader. Adrian Hauser's still in the organization. Adrian Hauser then became Denilson Lamette, Taylor Rogers, Esteri Ruiz, and Robert Gasser. Taylor Rogers and Denilson Lamette have gone. That branch of the tree is dead. Robert Gasser is still in the organization, and Esteri Ruiz has been traded for Justin Yeager, William Contreras, and Joel Payampas. I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to say that. But it could it could very well stand to reason that William Contreras in three years, in 2026, is dealt for a similar package they dealt somebody like Josh Hader for. You get a major league arm, a minor league arm, and a bat. And then you tick one, one part of that trade to then roll into the next part of the trade. The Brewers just keep it going, which is good. It keeps the roster going. It keeps the financials. It keeps the team control balanced. The bad part is... Your roster is just kind of staying stagnant. So if the Brewers are trying to crescendo in a certain season to really go for it, I'm not saying go all in, but to have your team be better this year and next to go for it, this strategy, well, it it doesn't work, right? Because then you end up trading Josh Hader when you're in first place to keep things rolling, right? It would be like saving for retirement. You're putting money into your 401k, putting money here, mutual funds, you know, rolling it in. And all of a sudden, you're 65 and you're still putting money in. It's like, wait, 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 no. Now I want to pull it out. Pull it out. I'm buying a boat, right? I'm starting to take money. I'm going to start getting money back. I need to start reaping. Less sowing, more reaping, right? It would be like 95 years old. You start, I got to put $400 this month into my 401k. No. <laughs> take, the, take, take that to the supper club around the corner. Buy fish, grandma. These are your golden years. Drop a 20 in the, the offertory plate at church. It's your time, okay? Stop putting money into the bank. No, this, spend it. And the brewers are perpetually saving for retirement. And when they have a chance, like I thought last year was a great chance to really have a solid core and to be a little bit more aggressive, maybe pull some money out of that 401k. No, 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 no. Keep adding. They keep adding. We're going to trade Josh Aaron and keep it going. And again, it's a strategy that helps them stay relevant. I don't know that they're going to be great this year. The Cardinals got better. I think the Cubs are going to get better. They could still get a really good shortstop because they, I think they're willing to spend. The Pirates are going to get better. I don't know about the Reds. And the Brewers, I, I think, have at best stayed the same. So we could talk about sustained success. I, you know, sustained success is what? I mean, they missed the playoffs last year. So if we stay in that next you know, play next year, I don't know what we're sustaining. We're just... Treading water. Treading water. Let's say that. Sustained success makes it sound like we're crashing into the NLCS every year. We're not doing that. We're, we're treading water. We're keeping our mouth above the, the waves. Hector's in on Alaska. 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Hector's in Westby. Oh, you're down in the district. I, I didn't I like move. That. I didn't move, but I am still working. I am heading to stop 52 of 77. I love that. Um, so the joys of uh, 4.30 sundown is now I get to just creep up on people's houses and have fun with that. So <laughs> I don't have much to contribute with the Brewer Talk because um, I've been working, so I didn't even know they traded until uh, you said it on your show, so it that's really was breaking news. Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. For me, yeah. Um, and... Uh, my, my, I guess what I was going to say is more uh, Packer-based because every team that they play between now and the end of the year, 
mm-hmm. they already have the recipe for success versus them. Because you watch what um, the Chargers did last night versus the Dolphins. Yep. Press coverage shut down Tyreek and Waddle in a way that no other team has done this year. It was yep. almost embarrassing to watch them. Uh, do Tua, that. The Tua Vikings had, Tua had ten completions, right? That's it, I think. Ten. Yeah. That's it. And we're they were just talking about him for for MVP. And just like that, snap of the finger, one bad game, ten completions, and he's out of the race. So it you know, with the Vikings, you just watch what the uh Lions did against them. That should be easy to replicate. You know, the you of course like uh, the Lions will be at the end of the season. That will be a good game. But you got games between now and then. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, how Joe Barry um, adjusts to that because the whole the coverage that they have been running is not going to work against the teams that they have left. I, you know, it'll be adjustments every week. It'll be different schemes every week. And um, honestly, the fact that they didn't. Get a, somebody different to call defensive plays during this uh, bye, I feel like was a mistake because I just don't see Barry making those changes. It just, it'll be, I mean, maybe, you know, there's a first time for everything, but it's a little bit concerning to me just, just to be fair. And um, I think I'm going to be watching a lot more Packers and Ravens for the rest of the year because I don't know about this, uh, this third string. Uh, He's no Brock Purdy. Let's just say that. He's no Brock for the Ravens. Oh my God! What a world we live in, where Brock Purdy lit it up against Tom Brady yesterday. That was right, Mister Irrelevant to the peak of relevance. It's it's one of those stories that you love to see, and um, then all of, now all of a sudden, there you see Tom Brady yelling at his star receiver, and all I heard all day today from Jim Rome and. Dan Patrick shows, and then they're talking about where's Tom Brady going to go. He's definitely not staying in uh, in Green, in uh, Tampa Bay. So no. if uh, it'll be interesting to see, five million dollars, the Raiders would take a hit if they cut Derek Carr, and then Tom. Oh, did I lose you, Hector? What did I say? Kind of a thing. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Is all I'm saying, Grant, and I'll. Uh, I'm bored and lonely, so that's why I'm yammering. I'll let you get back to your show. <laughs> okay. And uh, you have a good rest of your night. I got to finish up these routes, and then I'm going to slave over dinner and get some McDonald's on the way home. Hell, yeah. I love that, Hector. Have an awesome night and drive safe down in the district. Don't let Eric come into oncoming traffic and smash your FedEx truck up. I love what you said about the Dolphins and the Chargers game last night because – the Chargers came in last night and said, we're going to press. We're going to press, press Jalen Waddle. We're going to press Tyreek Hill. We're going to get up. We're going to get physical. We're not going to play off. And it worked really well. Now, that's not to say that that defense will work every week all of the time, but it worked really well last night. And you juxtapose that style of defense to what we see with Joe Barry when they're playing off coverage or with the Vikings. Hey, Vikings fans, look at us. We're not so different. I see tweets about you guys wanting to fire Ed Donatel because of soft coverage. Hey, we're not so different. We are the world. Look at us. Look at who would have thought, huh? I'm looking at Mina Kimes' tweet from earlier today. This is where I saw it. When Hector was talking, I was trying to find this tweet. 
The Vikings are allowing 9.23 yards per attempt playing off coverage this year. Unsurprisingly, the worst rate in the NFL, right? They're just playing so far off the line of scrimmage. And they're giving up a pile of yards, I think 400 plus yards in the last five games or something ridiculous like that. So Vikings Packers fans, we're kind of holding hands on this one. Our defensive coordinators are just doing some weird stuff. I know I, I don't know that the Packers and the Vikings have unreal cornerbacks, but they're not terrible. And the defense that I see the Vikings play and the Packers play, the style in which they line up so far off the line of scrimmage, that's the defense you'd call if you had a bunch of practice squad players playing because you're injured or because you're not a very good team and you can't play any, like you can't play press coverage. The Packers and the Vikings are capable of playing press coverage, as are the Chargers, and you saw last night. It can work. It's worth a shot every once in a while. 608 796 a little more on the Brewers trade that they made today and the restaurant that they named. Wow, what a what a rush. What a huge news day we're experiencing with the Milwaukee Brewers. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this break. And then I want to do some Packers stuff after 530. This is the Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Going to do some Packers stuff after 5.30. Packers are on by this week, but in bye weeks, you know, we have an opportunity to discuss some different things, kick around some different takes and topics because we're not obsessing over, you know, preparing for Taylor Heineke or Daniel Jones. Both teams the Packers lost to, both quarterbacks the Packers lost to this year. I want to talk about the Brewers trade for a couple more minutes first. See... This is what I've learned about myself in the last half hour, ever since I've forced myself to talk about this trade and grapple with it. For the same reason why this trade is so good, let me rewind. For all the reasons that this trade is good, this trade also bothers me. Like, there's, this is a very double-edged sword with the Brewers, okay? I'm going to do my best to explain this. Jeremiah and Lacrosse, 608-796-2558. Says, love the trade, get an all-star controllable catcher, and add two arms. Feels like Stearns groomed Matt Arnold well. Well, be careful about using the word grooming. It's a little testy right now, but I agree with you, Jeremiah. They traded away their fifth best outfielder prospect, so that is an area of depth. Smart. You have other outfielders you like more. Ruiz isn't a guy with a lot of power. Okay, you get a guy who hits lefties, meet of the order type of bat. He catches, which is a need. Okay, this is checking all of the boxes. This makes sense. I think this is a very good trade. My issue with this trade issue, again, there's a lot of reasons why I like this trade, but those same reasons also bother me. This is a very, yeah, yeah. You can see why maybe I wanted to wait to do this until tomorrow, but it's breaking news, so we got to talk about it. So, Asteria Ruiz became a member of the Brewers by way of the Josh Hader trade, right? Who came by way of originally the J.J. Hardy trade and so on and so forth. You can take this lineage back years, right? So, Asteria Ruiz was a product of the Josh Hader trade. And you might think, well, Esteri Ruiz, fifth best outfielder prospect. Of course they should trade him. What a smart move. Okay, yes, I agree. I would also then posit why you submarined the middle of a baseball season to trade for somebody who is going to end up to be your fifth best outfield prospect. You know know what I mean? Like It kind of seems like going to the thrift store, hoping to luck out, find something cool. 
And you get something you weren't really looking for, something you didn't really need, something you were going to turn around and sell to make a $2 profit, right? And you're like, well, they didn't have what I was looking for, but I got this instead. It's like, well, that's not why we went to the store. They traded away Josh Hader last year in the middle of their season, which is the equivalent of shooting yourself in the stomach with a shotgun. Just, just terrible. Just a disgusting act. So if you're going to do that in the middle of the season... It's got to be unimpeachable. It's going to be great. It has to be everything and then some. And I know they were able to parlay Ruiz into something. But part of my frustration with the hater trade is they traded for a guy who was ultimately going to be their fifth best outfielder prospect. Okay, so you traded Josh Hader for trade ammo down the line. And I understand that there's Gasser and there's other pieces, but am I kind of communicating why this trade is both great and why it's awful, but that's just the reality. That's the nature of the sport, the nature of the Brewers. The Brewers are so good at making one trade that leads to another 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 trade. And that's great because you can keep this thing going. You can keep the ball rolling. But at some point, I, I want to stop the trading. I, 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 I want to go for it. I want my team to be good. Right? It's like I said before the break. It's like you're saving for retirement and then you finally reach age 70, except you keep saving for retirement. It's like a national treasure. One of my favorite films. Right? John Voigt, who's the dad, <laughs> speaking of a national treasure these days. <laughs> John Voigt, who's the dad, keeps telling his son, who's like, this will lead you to another clue and then another clue and that will lead you to another clue. And there's no treasure. You're just going to keep finding clues and clues and clues. That's what the brewers are doing. They're finding great clues. Don't get me wrong, okay? Like, these are these are good trades, but that's going to lead to another trade, and then it'll lead to another trade and another trade, and then we're just trading, 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 and the team is flatlining. The team is remaining very consistent with young, controllable talent coming in and high-priced, less controllable talent going out, and we keep reloading, but it's a flat line. At some point, I want the team to spike. I want that line to go up. Visualize that line graph with me. I want that flat line, that sustained success to bump up to an elite level. Because at some point, it's going to have to bump up to an elite level if we're ever actually serious about making a World Series. Do you know what I mean? This trade is great because it stemmed from a previous trade and will probably stem to more trades. But I also don't like this trade because it stemmed from a previous trade and will probably stem to more trades. Does that make sense? I hope I'm explaining myself. Text from Jeremiah says, you know... You know the Brewers have to get as many bites at the apple as possible. That's what happens when you're a small market team, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Any team would like to be... Bites at the apple is such a... How do I put this? Bites at the apple is not nearly as clever as the Brewers think it is. They, they think they're this team that's just decided, well, we want to be good every year. That's the secret. Excuse me. Every team would love to be good every year. What do you mean? Well, our secret to winning the World Series is to make the playoffs every year. Okay. Any team in the league would love to do that. That's not unique at all. That's not unique. Of course you want to have a bite at the apple ever. Of course you want to be in contention every year. I would just, my issue with that is their level of contention is not as high as my level would be. Right? And if you're going to sustain success, you need to make the playoffs Every year. And last year they missed the playoffs. And I remember in Craig Council's post-game press conference after the game they were eliminated, he was asked, Craig, you know, with this bites at the apple approach, does it sting extra not getting in? And Council, you know, gave some answer. But the answer is yes. If you're building your strategy on making the playoffs every year and hoping for the best, you need to make the playoffs. Right? 
Now, if you're going to go all in and then come crashing back down to earth, okay, fine. Then you end up missing the playoff. But this isn't supposed to be an ebb and a flow. This isn't supposed to be an up and down, especially in an NL Central that was putrid last year and will be much better this year. The Cardinals got better. I think the Cubs will get better. The Pirates will be better. Pirates will be more annoying than ever. Man. Mike in Colorado says, sounds like the Brewers might have solved two problems at once. What do you think? Maybe the Brewers are trying to get rid of the evidence remaining from the bad trader trade. Yeah, get it all out. Get it out. Take out the trash. Anyone who is involved with that trade has got to go. Jason says, taking more bites at the apple is almost a triggering effect for me or us Wisconsinites. Yeah, I just, I don't like that phrase. Mark in Eau Claire says, maybe the new GM is cleaning up the mess that was made from the Josh Hader trade. Yeah, maybe he just wanted the pieces out of town. I, I don't know. Again, it's good. this trade is great because they give up their fifth best outfield prospect. All right, it's position depth. I also don't like this trade because that fifth best outfield prospect was only in our system because you lit the team on fire last year to trade Josh Hader. Does that make sense? I need to write this down. I, I, need, to, I need to sit down and write this on a legal pad in a way that makes sense when it comes out of my mouth and not just in my brain. Let's take a break. I want to talk Packers coming up next. I got some NFC things. It was a very interesting day yesterday for... Uh, what I have casually labeled tier two contenders. We'll talk about that, what it means for the Packers, what yesterday meant for the Packers as they were on their bye. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. A lot of good Badgers talk today. Some good Brewers talk too. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm doing my best to articulate why this is a good trade. Yes. Even me. I, I'm as jaded as the Brewers, or I'm as jaded on the Brewers as anyone. Anyone you'll find in sports radio, sports media, I, I am jaded on the Brewers. And my first response when I saw this trade today was to make fun of it in any way I could. Working in jokes about Top Golf, working in jokes about Hank the Dog, and how there's been like three different ones, and they think we're too stupid not to notice. Like all of the things, yes. I'll say this is a great trade. Like for what the Brewers are trying to do, this is a well executed on brand trade. But for all of the reasons this trade is good, it also frustrates me because the you know the the order of operations the Brewers are using it it drives me nuts. I think the best example, the best way for me to word this so far is. They traded away Asteri Ruiz, who is their fifth best outfield prospect. Great. You're trading from a position to depth. Totally good. The bad part of that is you blew up your season last year to trade away Josh Hader for a guy who ultimately turned into be your fifth best outfielder prospect and someone who is very expendable. Expendable for a good trade, for a good cause, but expendable, right? So it's a double-edged sword. For all of the reasons this trade is great, it also frustrates me for all of the same reasons. So we can continue to talk about that. If you want to talk about Badgers basketball, a couple of big-name recruits, uh, a cornerback and somebody else uh, announced, I know, super super professional, a cornerback and somebody else uh, committed to the Badgers today. Maybe that's what Vagabond John wants to talk about. 608-796-2558. What's up, Vagabond John? Man, I was getting all amped up for a Brewers take. We can do that, was, too. And to, we can do that, too. And to broaden it to a, you know, a greater Wisconsin sports fan take, and then that hunger commercial right before where they're talking about all the hungry kids hit me. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm getting amped up about baseball yeah. in December. What am I doing? <laughs> um, 
You know, I'm listening to everybody talk about this Brewers trade and, oh, woe is us. Uh, we're only on the edge of playoff contention every year. And I'm thinking to myself about all the baseball fans around the country who would want that. And we have the same conversation when it comes to the Packers. Um, like, oh, dear Lord, Packer fans have to go a year without making the playoffs. Oh, woe is them, right? We talk about the same thing with Wisconsin football where it's like, you know, it's like what the 12th winningest program yeah. since 2000, and there are 128 programs. So I just feel like as a Wisconsin sports fan, we do have to reel it in a little bit and realize that the strategy that the Brewers employed got them within one game of a World Series appearance. Yeah, That's a heck of a lot closer whoa, 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 whoa. than most MLB teams. Wait, I, I got to say, and I agree with everything you just said. That's a great point. We could talk about expectations for our team relative to other teams. I, I, that's a whole separate conversation. I think it's important to point out, Vagabond John, and maybe you'll agree disagree, that the year that they came within an ounce of the World Series was the same year they signed Lorenzo Cain and signed Christian Yelich and made moves at the deadline for Moustakis and Granderson. Yes, they have employed a similar strategy since then, but I think it's worth noting that the year that they actually almost made it was the year they were most aggressive in adding everyone. It was on the front of this little window that they're now propping open. They almost made the World Series when they kicked the window open and really went for it. But where is Yelich now? You know, we celebrated at the same time, and it's like, how much better is, are, is are, do the Brewers do this upcoming season if they go out and get a Cody Bellinger? Well, like, do we really want to sign the next ten-year flop? Like, every do we want to have a really exciting couple weeks where everybody gets super hyped about a player, and then we watch and we realize that MLB players are really inconsistent over their career, and going all in on a ten-year, six-year, eight-year contract for a big name can't happen in Milwaukee or are we saying like no 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 we just want rentals well we okay we look back now at that offseason through the lens of what we know now what we know now is that Lorenzo Cain was on the decline he also missed a season in which I think he probably would have been pretty good he missed it because of the pandemic and then this year the Brewers just weren't interested in keeping him around that's the way I read it we look back at that you're also through the lens of Christian Yelich being an MVP for two years and then being ass ever since that was not what happened in the moment in the moment They were aggressive about going out and getting a young player they believed in in Christian Yelich and pairing him with, like, probably the the biggest can't-miss free agent signing. Here's Lorenzo Cain, great leader, great defender. He's going to be a good hitter. Like, Lorenzo Cain was brilliant that year. So it's it's hard, I know, but when we look back at 2018 and what they did in that offseason, we can't cloud what they did with what has happened since because in the moment and what it led to that year was, was, that was something different. That was something else. It was it was lightning in a bottle, and I think that's what happens when your team hangs around the edge of the playoffs is you allow that possibility. Because the alternate reality, and this is going to get a little bit long, but if you look at teams like uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, if you look at teams like, um, you know, I, I always like to compare everything to Nebraska football just because I think it's such a good butt of a joke. Yeah, you and Ben both. But when you blow up, when you blow up everything and you really try to get outside your system and try something new, you might catch lightning in a bottle once, but would you rather be, and this is a really contextual question, but for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right, they got, they went all in, they got their Super Bowl, but now they're probably going to be irrelevant based on the contracts that they have dead cap and the money they're going to owe guys for like eight years. 
you know, once Tom Brady's done, and arguably they're irrelevant this year. When you apply that to the Major League Baseball, I just think as a baseball fan in Wisconsin, I am hand up okay being a fringe, uh, make the playoffs six out of eight years and actually have a sport to pay attention to in August when comparing to, you know, the 15 or so Major League Baseball teams that try your approach, backfires, and then they're not relevant for years. But I have a Packers question to get to as well. Yeah, yeah let's do that. That's yeah. my overall baseball thing. Let's do it. Okay. Would you rather today, knowing that the Packers probably, I don't know, this is an argument, are the Packers good this year with Devontae? I think they're probably still a fringe playoff team. I don't know if Devontae fixes everything. So assuming that's the case, today on December 12th, would you rather have Christian Watson or Devontae Adams on your roster right now, given the contract and age? Oh, knowing what we know now. Um, well, the funny thing is, it's like, and I hate to answer this with another question, but like if Aaron Rodgers is going to be here for next year and the year after, then probably Devontae Adams. But if Adams is, or if Rodgers is out after this year or next year, I don't have a problem building for the future. You know what I mean? Like it depends on, on what the timeline is with quarterback. If it's just this year, I'd rather have Adams, but you start to look beyond and like, I, I don't know. They're going to have to rebuild or reform this team in some way with the new quarterback. And I would probably rather have the youth and, and what is going to be probably a pricey, but hopefully reasonable second contract with Christian Watson instead of an expensive third contract with Devontae Adams. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how Adam plays out. He's going to be 31 next year, 32. And so that's where, that's where you usually see receivers drop off a cliff. He could be uh, who's the guy from Arizona that just defied age for like an extra decade, Larry Fitzgerald. Um but, you know, we'll see how that turns out. I think looking back at it right now, I'd probably take Watson just because I'm always looking for the future roster building. But, I mean, we're going to be going on next. This offseason will be, what, year five of, oh, when is Rodgers done? Isn't that just kind of, uh, to be a little bit more pessimistic, isn't that a frustrating spot to be as a Packer fan? I think like, it's We're going to be going on a half a decade. Yeah. Well, is it our fault or is it Roger's fault? Well, well Roger's I mean, he's does talking waffle. about retirement. He, he's a waffler. He, he does. He, he likes to mention it. And, and, you know, Evo in the morning, he loves pointing out that Rogers likes to troll us in, in press conferences and stuff. Well, trolling is all funny until a team's trying to play in the future and you keep joking about retirement when you don't mean it. And then, you know, things get a little hairy. I, I don't know. I think sometimes we overreact everything. Like anytime a player gets hurt past weeks, you know, 15, it's like, have we seen the last of the, did we just see the last play of the, like, we love it. We, we love thinking that maybe we've seen the last of a player. So I, I think it's a little bit of Rodgers trolling and I was mentioning retirement, but I think it is partly our fault too. And then last, last point that I wanted to squeeze in if I had time. Yeah. How frustrating is it to have top five picks in the NBA just become out for the season? Now we don't get Chet or the other guy? Yeah, we don't get, I mean, we don't get Cade. Cade's I, I get all year. excited. Yeah, I get all excited for NBA draft prospects and, oh, I want to see what he does. And then you remember that, like, oh, he might not be good for four years. Yeah, and he's probably and not going to we'll play back, for a year and a half is typically how it goes. Yeah, and they're calling a, a David Bakhtiari. It's fine, whatever. Um, all right, man, I'll let you go. I appreciate the extra time. And yeah, uh, I'm excited to try my first ever Hello Fresh box. So that's Ooh. the thing going has one on tonight. Go off. Enjoy. Tell me how it is. Vagabond John, I appreciate the call. We covered a little bit of everything there. I want to go back to the very beginning of his call because he, he, he did something that you know, callers do a lot, uh, just sports fans in general do a lot. Well, I'm sure the Athletics 
or the Mariners or the Rangers or the Rockies would love to be the Brewers. Yeah, but you know what? Like the Rockies and the Athletics and the Rangers didn't draft and develop Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They didn't acquire Freddie Peralta. They didn't acquire Adrian Hauser. They didn't acquire Josh Hader. They didn't acquire Chris. Like the Brewers get credit for all the things that they have done. And when you're a good team and you've amassed talent and you have elite talent, Cy Young talent at the most important positions, I hold you to a different standard, right? Well, the Detroit Lions would love to have the Packers success. Well, then you know what? The Lions should find a quarterback. The Lions should find a head coach. The Lions should do all these things. It's not like luck and, 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 and chance is separating the Brewers from the athletics over the last five years or the Packers from the Lions. The Packers have done things. They have done baseline objectives of team building that the Lions haven't been able to do. So I'm not going to compare those two teams, right? It would be like comparing the, 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 the high school physics student to the fifth grade math student. So, well, the fifth grader would love to be able to. Well, yeah, I'm sure he would, but that's not how things work. Like, you, you got to graduate middle school. You got to work your way up in the world. Like, the Lions need to work their way up in the world. The Athletics need to work their way up in the world. They need to try to win. I'm not going to compare these other teams and their fan bases. Well, they'd love to be the Brewers. Yeah, I'm sure they would. They should work harder. They should try harder. They should be smarter. Eric on I-90, 608-796-2558. What's up, Eric? Well, I was very disappointed yesterday, Grant. Disappointed. How so? Oh, and your Vikings? My Vikings. Yeah, the Lions looked good. I, I'm not even anti-Vikings after that. I'm just pro-Lions. The Lions are a real team. This is what I would say, Kevin O'Connell, if I could sit down and have a brief conversation with him today. Okay. If you're going to continue to use the luck that we have been showered with all season, once in a while you have to use your head because if you don't go for two and just kick the extra point, and you don't have some trick play on first and five, first and goal from the five, and you keep yourself in this game, then luck can help you. Yeah, yep. Right? you got to put yourself if in you a position to be lucky. Score, yeah. Yep. Put yourself in a position that that freak interception or that, one mistake makes a difference for you. And it was poor coaching. Can't blame this one on Kirk Cousins. Bad defense. Kirk was good. Well, the, right. I mean, it was... Somebody had to have the worst defense of the weekend, and the Packers were off. So then it's Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just the reality of it. So... No, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. I wanted to let all the callers know and all the listeners that I'm very disappointed and I'm very sad today because some people are going to like that, that the Vikings suck today. No, I I, dude, I I take no pleasure in your pain and then the pain of your fan base. Eric, come on now. The Lions are very good. When I... When everyone was saying today, well, the Vikings' luck ran out. No, 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 no. I think the Vikings played a really good team that made some really good plays. They got a fake punt. They executed there, and the Vikings' defense couldn't get them off the field. That's not luck. The Vikings have gotten lucky in moments. They've gotten unlucky in others. Yesterday, it wasn't about luck. They played a really good team at their place, and the Lions played really well. I would agree. And, 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 and Detroit wanted it. 
You can tell that. Oh, yeah. Detroit wanted it more than Minnesota wanted it, without a doubt. Well, how was your without weekend, Eric, before I let you go? Was the rest of your weekend good? Oh, it was all right. Okay. Yeah, how was, how was your weekend? It was nice. Hey, guess what? I did something funny. I think you're one of the few people on the planet Earth that'll find this funny. Uh, I, on Saturday, was with a couple friends, and we were going to watch the soccer game between uh, the French and the English, uh, France and England. So you know where we went to watch it, Eric? You know where we went? We went to French Island. What do you think of that? That's funny. I know. That's perfect. I know. Because you were, because you were sitting there, and you're like, hey. We're watching it on French Island. That's exactly what we're, right? I, I knew you were going to get this. And then you laughed. And then, and and then people we people didn't get it. And then we left. But I would have gotten it. Yeah, I, I know. I would have said that's I funny. Know. It was fun. We lit about 50 bucks well, on fire on the pool Yeah, I did. It was a good time. Now back to real life. It's fine. We can talk more football tomorrow, Eric. I got to take a break. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah, talk to you later, bud. Yeah, have a good one. Our friend Eric on I-90. That's Eric's sense of humor. He did refer to Lake Namakagan as like Vietnamakagan last week. I don't think that that's not offensive, right? No, that's just that's just funny. <laughs> Let's take a break. Three minutes. We're back. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Last couple of minutes here. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant, and I guess you have time to text real quick. Probably not time for a call. I don't like rushing calls. That's just not what our what our Lord wants. That's not what God wants. We don't want to rush phone calls. You can text me real quick. 608-796-2558. Dave from Monona says, who did Milwaukee trade, you guys? Keep talking about it just 220 minutes ago. I don't know exactly what I meant by that. Uh, They traded Asteri Ruiz, and they got back William Contreras and two relievers, one minor leaguer, one major leaguer. Sam Decker says he's loved this reliever forever, so I, sorry, I'll kiss Sam Decker's ring because he, he's following along with Oakland's bullpen, so he's a better baseball fan than I am. He's, he's been all over this guy. As Sam Decker tweets, 28 years old, consistent output. I don't know what consistent output means, but Sam, again, Sam's all over it. So I'm going to take his word. They got two relievers and a catcher, William Contreras, who's under team control until 2027. I I love when the Brewers trade for people. Again, this is why I didn't want to talk about this tonight because I knew I was going to be negative. I love when the Brewers trade for players. Very many of us, we don't ask the question of whether or not the player is good. Well, how much team control? How many years can we trap this guy here before he's got to leave to make actual money? Again, I think this is the best way I can sum up my thoughts on this Brewers trade. This trade is good because the Brewers only gave up their fifth best outfield prospect. This trade is bad because the Brewers submarined their season last year by trading Josh Hader for someone who was their fifth best outfield prospect. It's good, but it's also bad. It's good and bad at the same time which sums up this Brewers run so well, because on one hand, this is great. This is as good as Brewers baseball has ever been. Craig Council is a fantastic manager. I love how they play baseball. I love watching them. I love this team. But on the other hand, it just feels like there's a ceiling on it, and it's a ceiling that the Brewers don't seem too intent on breaking through, whether it be financially or through trades or or whatever. They just seem pretty content, and I'm content too to a degree because this team's really good, but I'm also not like 
I'm not all the way there. Again, I'm stuck in the middle. Listen to me. I'm waffling. I'm waffling as we speak. I've had two hours to think about this train. I still really haven't pegged down my thoughts. Tomorrow, Mike Clements. He will be here. I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Maybe some Monday Night Football. Maybe some more Packers stuff because we barely got to him today. That's all coming up next. Have an awesome night. Enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll talk to you tomorrow starting at 4.